0: Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for accepting our invitation for this Bible study and reflection on June 14th, 2023. Now let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and most gracious God, You reveal Yourself in and through Your Holy Word. We acknowledge that we are sinful, and we would much rather do our own will than Your will. Open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to see and to hear and to feel Your will through Your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with You and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. All right, so I'm going to start off with something you've heard me say before, and probably won't be the last time I say it. The Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus. Not my words, but the tagline of Bible Project. You know, it starts off in a very grand and exciting way, and the Bible describes how the cosmos was created. The first two chapters of Genesis tell us all about creation. And then what happens? Well, in the third chapter, it's called the fall. Humanity fell. And humanity fell in a big way, big time. Along comes sin, and sin has a close association with blame. You might say they know each other very well. The first recorded instance of blame can be found in the third chapter of Genesis. Oh yeah, and to put things into perspective, it followed the first instance of sin. Listen to God's word from Genesis chapter 3, verses 6 through 13. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also for desirable for gaining wisdom she took some and ate it she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves then the man and his wife heard the sound of the lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the lord God, among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit of the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So Moses was not blameless either, as evidenced by the fact that he tried to blame the Israelites for something he had done. Remember when God asked him to speak to the rock in the wilderness so the Israelites would have fresh water to drink? Well, not only did he speak to the rock, but he hid it out of anger with his staff. God had instructed him to speak to the rock, not to speak to the rock and hit it. In the book of Deuteronomy, it is written that Moses threw the Israelites under the bus, in essence, blaming them. Listen to God's word from the book of Deuteronomy, one verse, chapter 3, verse 26. But because of you, the Lord was angry with me and would not listen to me. And then God says, That is enough, the Lord said. Do not speak to me any more about this matter. Well, did Moses have to pay for this? You bet he did. God forbid him from entering the promised land. Now, I can think back to when I was a kid and I did something I knew was wrong. I did the same thing Adam and Eve did. <clears throat> I tried to hide, and that didn't usually work because my mom or my dad or my grandmother would find me. What was the next best thing besides hiding? Yep, you guessed it. Blame somebody else. So this is where the game blame game started. We read that the man blamed the woman, and not only blamed the woman, but he also blamed God. And then in verse 13, the woman blames the serpent. Think about blame as being a sin of convenience. On the surface, it seems like it's going to tidy everything up and make everything okay. Wrong. How many of us, myself included, have caught a cold, and the first thing we wondered was, either out loud or in our own mind, who did I catch this cold from, or who gave me this cold? Who can I blame? Why is there such a need to place blame? And the common cold is something that's been around forever. So that blame game has been in place for quite some time now. How about the past three years? Was there any finger pointing and blaming during the pandemic? There was enough blame to wrap around the world many times. Because of our sinful human nature, We desire to be right, not wrong, and we think we can avoid being wrong by placing the blame somewhere else. Sadly, there's no one that is blameless. Whether we want to accept it or not, it's not up to us. Even the disciples of Jesus participated in the blame game. Near the end of chapter 8 in the book of John, Jesus makes claims about himself, And this will kind of set the stage for him moving away from the temple where he had been and continuing to teach and to heal. Some of the claims he made about himself near the end of chapter 8, he said, I am not possessed by a demon. I honor my father and you dishonor me. I am not seeking glory for myself. Very truly, I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. And he goes on to say, If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My Father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. And those paraphrases can be found in chapter 8, starting at verse 48 through verse 59. And our next reading is about Jesus healing a man born blind. And it is found in John chapter 9, verses 1 through 37. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? You see, this is setting Jesus up to support their thought that someone was to blame. In continuing to read verse 3. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash off in the pool of Siloam, and this word means scent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was, others said, no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes opened? they asked. He replied, the man they call Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man, they asked him. I don't know, he said. they brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, How can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, he is a prophet. They still did not believe that he had been blind and had received sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son, they asked? Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that now he can see? We know he is our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind. But how, can, but how he can see now or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. That was why his parents said, He is of age. Ask him. A second time they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner. He replied, Whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. They asked him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I have already told you, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they hurled insults at him and said, You are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses. But as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, Now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes Do you believe in the son of man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. That's where we meet Jesus, right there in God's word. So blaming other people for our actions is is a moral shortcoming that is the result of sin. Failing to take responsibility for what we have done and pretend that someone else is at fault is another sin. Not only a moral shortcoming, but you might say even a spiritual blindness. Repenting so that we may follow Jesus acknowledges our sin, our mistakes, and our failures. To repent is to regret for what we have done, to be sorry but we can't truly repent when we blame others for our mistakes. Now I want you to know I take no moral high ground here because when I honestly search myself, I find many occasions where I'm guilty of not accepting blame or asking forgiveness. I know, well, I know full well I can't hide from God, but I still try sometimes. I have the same disease we all have. It's called sin. The good news is Jesus, and the good news about Jesus is he loves us, and he is the cure for sin. Let me ask you this. If you discovered a cure for a deadly disease, would you keep it to yourself or would you share it? Jesus invites us to discover more about him and his nature through God's word. Jesus came to serve, not to be served. Get to know him and share him with others through your thoughts, words, and deeds. Jesus truly is the light of the world. He's our guiding light. Where do we meet this Jesus? I'll say it again. You heard me ask that before. You meet him in God's word. We just re-met him today through God's word in the book of John. He is an amazing person. He came to visit us, 100% human, divine. Tell people about him. Live your life in and through him. In him and through him, we see the nature of God, and God is good. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, our Creator, we thank you for sending the light of the world in your Son, Jesus Christ. Help us to know him and love him and follow him. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Go in peace. Serve the Lord.